Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Goldie on Ice podcast produced by Brett Markowitz. His name should probably be first. He does a great job. Uh, this is all about the Florida Panthers and the NHL. I am the television voice for the Florida Panthers. Um, and looking forward to this second half of the season, the sprint, 33-64. and 64. That's 33 games in 64 days coming up for the Cats after the uh, the long layoff. Before we get rolling here, um, do want to thank our sponsors. Without them, the podcast would not be possible. So please take a moment a little bit later on and listen to the message from them. Uh, Ken Morris and his family and his group uh, do a wonderful job. Big, big Panther fans, big hockey fans. I often tell the story. I love it. Ken's wife used to work for the Hartford Whalers, so that's how uh, far back they go as hockey fans, and he does a great job here in South Florida for you. Uh, Orion and his group, uh, they've expanded. I'll tell you about that coming up, and of course, Sides uh, leading and helping the fight against pediatric cancer. Wonderful calls by uh, Dave Lister and his his people. Let's get into a little bit of hockey. I was at the All-Star Game, um, as you may know do some work uh, for Westwood One, NBC Radio, which has the national rights to the NHL. So I've been doing playoffs, uh, the host for the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I was rinkside for the game, which meant, you know, interviews. And it was pretty cool because, you know, the players are so relaxed at the All-Star game. Um, Got to high-five Green Day. You may have seen that on TV. Very random, wrong place or right place at the right time. As they came running by, they told everybody, hey, put your hands up to high five. And when they said that, I didn't even know who the they was. I didn't know who was coming running by. And um, so, I mean, they didn't stop and look at me, but, you know, it was kind of fun. Uh, and, of course, Jonathan Huberdo was the Panthers' all-star rep. I think Huberdo, uh, much like Barkov a couple of years ago in Tampa, will get a little bit of a, you know, a pop out of being in the all-star game, being around all those big stars. Not that they didn't feel like they belonged before, but now they really feel like, hey, you know, I'm not just having good seasons. I belong with the best. And I think that helps him. So I think Jonathan Huberdeau had a uh, had a really good time, almost was part of the team that won the million bucks. I think that's a very cool concept in the NHL All-Star game. I mean, once they're there and playing, no matter how much money you make, it's about a hundred grand per man for the win. Hey, I asked Mark Giordano that after they won on the ice. I said, once you're here, you got a hundred grand on the line per man. Why not go? And he's like, yeah. And he was, I'm telling you, he was sweating. He was huffing and puffing. This is right after the game on the ice. So um, I think it's pretty cool that at some point during those games, it does get competitive. Of course, the big news out of All-Star Weekend is that the game is in South Florida. The Panthers will host it next year. That is going to be awesome. Um, You know, I'm assuming a lot of the stuff, the concert, I guess, the day before probably will be on the beach. Um, literally on the beach. So really looking forward to that. And I know, you know, Panther players are looking forward to that. You'll have a lot of motivated guys next year to uh, hopefully make the all-star team. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out. You know, it seems like it's not going to be by division anymore. Seems like they may go to some type of international feel to the all-star game, which I think would be great because, number one, it just ups the competition level because anytime a hockey player puts on the jersey and the colors for his country they're going all out there's no doubt about that there's a lot of pride in it now guys were kind of trying at the all-star game in some ways especially in the championship game but again you know there's not a lot of pride in being in the Atlantic division not a big deal to them so um you know it's 300 and whatever 55 days away 
but it really is going to be uh, intriguing next year when the whole thing is down here in South Florida. As for the Panthers, we last left them. They were continuing to score goals in bunches, the number one scoring NHL team uh, in the league. Uh, what a remarkable first, you know, not really half, a little more than half of the season. The Panthers, folks, the Panthers, for how many years did we watch this team and say, man, they played pretty well. Oh, you know, they got the goaltending. Whether you go back to Thomas Vokun and Luong and just could not score goals. And now they light it up with four or five every night. Um, obviously, the stated goal from, I can go back, you know, a year and go back to the summer, uh, keeping the puck out of the net and getting tighter and managing the games the way they need to manage them. There really is, and again, it's the NHL, there's comebacks everywhere, and we're watching every game, every shift, so it's easy to dissect it, but there's no big reason, okay, no big reason why a lot of these big leads get dwindled down. Now, they find a way to win the games, and the goalies have been good when they needed to be in key situations, making the saves when they've had to be, um, but, you know, there's no reason to have three lost leads in Minnesota, you know, when you're up a goal and 4-1 against Chicago. That game is over and done with. Take a couple of penalties and suddenly it's 4-3 and, you know, you got to battle and hold on. So they've been getting the job done. Nobody asks how um, when you win a game. Just get the points. The good teams win all those games. Get those points. And that's what the Panthers are doing. And they're a good team. They're a top team in the league. I mean, you look at you look at regulation wins. You look at goal differential those things that kind of tell the story besides the standings, and the Panthers are right there in the top 10 in the NHL. Now, the problem is, this year the Eastern Conference is just absolutely brutal, and as we know, the division is absolutely brutal. I mean, three of the top five scoring teams in the league are in the Atlantic Division, and, you know, it changes every day, but for the most part, seven or eight out of ten, and go down further, nine or ten out of you know, the top half of the league are in the Eastern Conference. It does look like, and again, somebody could always fall off, okay? But as long as everybody continues to play the way they're playing, I think we all expect Tampa, Boston, Philly, uh, Tampa, Boston, Washington, and Pittsburgh to get in. I think everybody would agree with that. You have six more teams, basically, battling for four spots. Unless someone falls off out of those six, and it doesn't look like the Panthers are going to, it doesn't look like Toronto is going to, you have to imagine the Islanders certainly have leveled off, but they're still going to play competitive, tight defensive hockey. Philly, I mean, are you a believer yet? How many games do you need to, from Philly and Columbus to say, okay, they're not going to drop off, they're just going to be there all year? And, of course, Carolina, you have to believe they're going to be in there. There's going to be two really good teams in the East that don't make it, and there's probably going to be two or three average teams in the West that do. Okay, that's just the luck of the draw. So it's unfortunate this year for the Panthers that the East is so good. It's unfortunate, and I love the playoff format. I'm one of those. I don't have any problem at all with it. But, man, if it was one through four in each division, you'd be feeling a heck of a lot better right now than top three and then the scramble for the wild card. But the bottom line is, for the most part, okay, the number is the number. Obviously, we know the Panthers you know, a couple of years ago missed with the largest point total ever, tied with a couple of teams. Montreal did it last year also. Missed with 96. No one's ever missed with 97. I am of the belief somebody could this year, especially with those teams in the East that, you know, are really rebuilding and just, you know, don't win very many games. You talk about Detroit, 
You talk about Jersey. Um, you know, to a lesser extent, Ottawa, they've been fairly competitive. But these are teams that by the deadline, you know, the rosters are really going to be scaled down. And, you know, the look, the Panthers have gone, you know, unbeaten against those teams. I think it's right now at 6-0. and So still more games left with them. So my point is, if everybody that's in it, you know, kind of beats up on those teams and does the job, I do believe this could be a year at 97 you miss. I don't think 98 will miss. And I probably, if I was a betting person, which I'm not, would bet 99 won't miss. With that said, the Panthers start the second half of the season, the post-All-Star break, not official second half. 19 and 14 gets them in. 19 and 14 gives the Panthers 99 points. They have done a great job through 49 games to put themselves in that position, okay? So you're talking about another week, week and a half of playing well. If they can get, you know, out of this thing and, you know, win, I'm not even saying win six more in a row, you know, go three out of four twice. That makes it six out of eight. Suddenly, you got to play 500 the rest of the year in order to likely get in. So we can look at the scoreboard and we all, you know, watch the games. It was a brutal week of watching Toronto, you know, pile up points and catch the Panthers and the Panthers have the games in hand. And those will be huge head-to-heads. I mean, if the Panthers beat them head-to-head, it's going to be tough for Toronto to catch the Panthers. That's the bottom line. And there's three head-to-heads left. I mean, you know, those are 12-point swing right there. You know, those are all four-point games. Um, and the Panthers have still played fewer games than most teams. But you got to win those games when you played less. Um, so, you know, they're in a situation here where, you know, they have to like where they are. Um, and then the next three weeks are going to be interesting. That's up to Dale Talon and that staff to figure out, you know, where do you want to go with this roster? You know, this roster is playing at, you know, well over 100-point pace. Do you want to mess with it? You just let these guys play it out and see where you are after 82. You know, do you think you might want to get a little help goaltending with Bobrovsky? Do you want to get a defenseman? Do you want to get a depth forward? You know, more of a playoff type heavy player. And what are you going to give up to get him? You know, you'd rather not take anybody off, you know, your roster, but for the salary cap reasons, you likely have to. And where do you stand with draft picks? You know, some people say it may not be a great draft. Are you okay with finally giving up a number one draft pick? So there's a lot for them to determine. And... The big determination will be, in my opinion, and again, a lot can change in three weeks. I mean, you know, the Panthers play 15 games until the trade deadline. Okay, if they go, you know, 10 and 5 in those 15 games, they're going to make the playoffs. All right, if they go 10 and 5 in those 15 games, you know, suddenly you're down to, what, 18 games remaining in the season? And basically, you got to go 500 for the last six weeks. That's it, to get in. Um, how far do you think you can go? That's the other part of it. Do you think if you add a piece and give up some stuff that maybe you don't love giving up, but if you add that player or players, can you win your first round? And if you make that determination that you can, and maybe even beyond, 100% in my opinion, you go for it. The Panthers have waited long enough. You know, it's not like a team that's been there every single year in the playoffs and you take your shot and... I mean, if you if they come to the determination that, hey, if we add this guy and or this guy, we can beat these teams in a seven game series. In my opinion, you, you, you go for it. 
you know, without obviously mortgaging everything, but you probably don't have to do that at the trade deadline. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to go rest the voice. Uh, obviously, the players are the ones playing 33 games in 64 days, but uh, hopefully they keep on averaging the highest goal total in the NHL, and I'll be yelling and screaming a lot for the rest of the season. So we'll check you back there on the Goldie on Ice podcast. Uh, appreciate everybody. Spread the word, please. Download, listen, uh, subscribe, wherever you find your podcasts. And we're going to get a word from our uh, very important and uh, real good people, uh, our sponsors, uh, coming up right now. Time to tell you about Ken Morris and Morris Southeast Group. We appreciate Ken being a supporter of the podcast right from the beginning. Now, for all you folks out there, if you own commercial real estate, if you're looking to lease or purchase, call Ken. He represents buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. 954-240-4400. That's 954-240-4400 for Ken Morris. He's a class guy, a straight shooter, qualified and knowledgeable. He's the type of guy you want to do business with. And he's a South Florida guy with a great reputation. Again, it's Ken Morris and his group, which does an outstanding real estate job. 954-240-4400. Time to take a moment out to tell you about something very important, the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister at age 15 battled Ewing sarcoma and she beat it and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of SIDES and does so much for those families. So I encourage you to help out. Check out SIDES on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. Everything is on there. Or you can also call this important number, 954 594 5763. That's 954-594-5763. Help us, help Dave Lister, and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the SIDES Foundation. Orient and Associates Management Group is a prime subcontractor out of Hollywood, Florida. So all of you prime contractors out there, he provides any construction services needed. Call Orient and ONA today at 954 922 8660 online at com. They also handle hauling. If you have demolition waste, non-hazardous material, they handle your trucking needs. More than 25 years of experience, you can trust their professionalism. Again, it's 954-992-8660 for Orion and ONA Management. 